In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I revisit the Philip Forsberg trade. Revered as one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade in Washington Capitals history, let's look at that nightmare once again on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition, let's take a little stroll down memory lane and talk about where were you when you heard about the Philip Forsberg trade? Uh, I remember where I was. I was at work um, and all of a sudden I got a tweet on my phone and it said Philip Forsberg, one of the top draft picks of the Washington Capitals, had been sent to the Predators for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. And my first reaction to that was, who? So, you know, that is what I'm talking about. That is often going to be, you know, revered as the worst decision, the worst trade the Washington Capitals have ever made. And I think that it is probably the worst trade that they've ever made. Because if you take a look at what Philip Forsberg has gone on and done since he has left the Washington Capitals, let's take a look at that here. So in his career with the Nashville Predators, he has played in 566 games and had 220 goals and 249 assists. So why don't we take a look and see what Martin Erat did. Um, Just take a look at his record and what he did with the Washington Capitals. I've got to say it is not nearly as sparkly and shiny uh, as it was with Philip Forsberg. So when he played... On the Washington Capitals, he didn't, you know, he didn't play that well at all. Taking a look what in his games played. So in the 12-13 season and nine games played, he scored one goal, two assists. In the 13-14 season, he had one goal, 23 assists. And then, you know, he kind of just swirled around the drain and went to the Phoenix Coyotes and then he went overseas. But it's one of the things that I think, you know, ultimately Monday morning quarterback looking in the rear view mirror, George McPhee has to look back on that and go, man, that was pretty stupid on my part. Um, You know, and I was kind of taking a look down memory lane here and I was looking at some old articles and what did people think about that trade? Most people were against it. And then I saw this interesting article on the hockey writers and what his thoughts were on it. Just kind of reliving this. Um, This was an article, like I say, that was in the Hockey Writers. Forsberg is just one of general manager David Poyle's many great acquisitions over the years. Since arriving in Nashville, he's taken over top-line duties and has meshed well with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson 
let's break down the infamous deal that sent Forsberg to Nashville. So in that deal, Martin Erat and Michael Lotta is who the Capitals got and Philip Forsberg is who the Predators got. And, you know, you know, like I say, I, you don't always have the benefit of hindsight in 2020, but I mean, God dang it. If you take a look at that, Philip Forsberg, who was one of the top draft picks in favor in a, a trade for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. And if you look at it, the diamond in the rough was Michael Lotta because he is the one that contributed more to the Washington Capitals than Martin Erat did. Now, if you take a look at the score sheet and the stats on Michael Lotta, they're not too sparkling and they don't speak too highly of him, but he brought some of that sandpaper personality. Uh, he was best bros with Tom Wilson, and I think they're still pretty close. Um, and, uh, you know, I would kind of put him in the same category as of a hybrid between Tom Wilson and Garnet Hathaway. Uh, he was not uh, afraid of mixing it up, but he was also a great chirper as well. So kind of the player out of that deal that uh, was, like I say, the diamond in the rough was Michael Lotta. But in any case, Nashville definitely came out ahead in that deal. At the trade deadline of the lockout shortened 12-13 season, Poyle and then Capitals GM George McPhee pulled the trigger on the deal to bring Martin Erat to D.C. Yes, back then it was more about Erat coming to D.C. to aid the Capitals' playoff push rather than Nashville acquiring a future star. Um, sitting at 17-3, the Capitals wanted to improve their team and make the playoffs. Alex Ovechkin had been shifted to the right wing by then-coach Adam Oates. Oh, God, this story gets worse. The Adam Oates years. And a solid left wing was needed to play alongside the captain and center Nicholas Backstrom when a revitalized Mike Ribeiro. Man, we are really kind of rekindling some memories in my head. I remember Mike Ribeiro. Um, actually, that wasn't too bad of a memory. Anchored the second line with Marcus Johansson and Troy Brower, the Brower power on the wings. The Capitals just needed that one left winger to complete a powerful top six forward group. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. These are the perils of being in win now mode. It's kicking that can down the road. In this case, Philip Forsberg down the road to get Martin Erat and Michael Lada. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of, you know, almost totally against win now mode, unless you are most assured that you're going to do it. And if you remember back on that season, they kind of fizzled and, and didn't go where they wanted to go. At 15, 14, and 8, Nashville did not like their postseason odds in the division with unbeatable Chicago at the time, solid St. Louis, and clinging to postseason life Detroit. They opted to sell at the 2013 NHL trade deadline and move out a couple of veterans, Scott Hannon and Erat. Um, Packaged with center Michael Lotta, the lifetime predator, headed to east of D.C. in return. Uh, Forsberg headed out west to Nashville. The immediate reaction from the media was the Capitals paid a steep price to acquire Erat. Forsberg was one of their top prospects at the time, but the veteran forward could be last piece the Washington Capitals needed. And, you know, this isn't in the article that I'm reading, but I'm just kind of recollecting what I remember um, George McPhee's uh, thought process and what, uh, you know, <laughs> looking at this, you see all kinds of different um, Caps beat writers, Chuck Gormley um, and Sorensen. Just even hearing those names kind of just, uh, it's funny to hear those names. I haven't heard those names around the Washington Capitals uh, beat writers for quite some time. But in any case, their take on it was, and uh, what George McPhee had told them is that they thought that Philip Fors were, excuse me, Phillips Forsberg was a bit injury prone. Um, 
But I mean, he was one of their top lauded draft picks. I still, to this day, cannot believe they made that trade. One of the worst, if not the worst trades the Washington Capitals have ever made. And I think they're going to have to do a lot to live that down. And, uh, you know, one of the things that the Capitals could do to right this wrong that would bring a smile to my face and a skip in my step for the rest of the week is to bring Philip Forsberg back to the district. Let's talk about that next after the break. And uh, let's hope that they could do something. You know, we got to make some big acquisitions. Could Philip Forsberg be coming back to the district? Let's talk about that next with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pockets. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about a section so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right welcome back to the show in this episode we are talking about the monumental blunder that is and was the philip forsberg trade to the nashville predators in exchange for martin erat and Michael Lada. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, not even an apples for apples trade, just a, a big mess, if you ask me. The initial impact of the Philip Forsberg trade, after the trade, the two participating teams went in opposite directions. The Capitals won 10 of their final 11 games, while Nashville only won once in 12 contests. ERAP played in nine of the Capitals' last 11 games and registered one goal and two assists alongside Ovechkin and Backstrom. Washington finished the year with a 27-17-3 record to win the Southeast Division and faced the six-seed New York Rangers in the first round of the 13 NHL playoffs. New York dispatched the high-ranked Capitals in seven games, and ERAT missed <laughs> the final three contests after a collision with Ovechkin and Derek Stepan. ERAT failed to record a point in the first round exit. Wah, wah, wah. You know, and that that whole season was just nothing but a mess. That was the one with Adam Oates and that stupid trade that, you know, I kind of, I'm still a little bit bitter about it to this day. Forsberg joined the Predators after his season in Sweden finished up in five games. The 19-year-old produced an assist before heading into the offseason. So what's the lasting impact? Because of their post-trade deadline slide, the Predators wound up with a fourth pick in the 2013 NHL entry draft. There they selected, this name maybe you've heard of before, Seth Jones. The top defenseman prospect in the draft had the Predators um, bought at the trade deadline. Instead, they would have certainly have picked later and missed out on picking up Jones. Consequently, the Predators would not have had the opportunity to move Jones to Columbus for Johansson, Forsberg's new line mate and top center for today's Predators. In addition to the Predators not having Forsberg or Johansson, they would have been 
Otherwise, ranging consequences if the Washington-Nashville trade had fallen through, Washington could have missed the 13 playoffs, still had a rough 13-14 season and begun a rebuild. Alternatively, the Capitals could have been fine, continued on the same path, and found later success with Forsberg in the lineup. Nashville could still be floundering in mediocrity like a freshly caught catfish. Barry Trotz may not have coached in D.C., and Seth Jones could be patrolling Carolina's blue line against Forsberg and the Capitals. Forsberg could have been traded to another team for a top left wing who could have stuck uh, the Capitals longer than Erat, and you know that's kind of um, that's kind of out there thinking. I think I think that is just trying to be a bit of a revisionist and saying you know maybe it isn't so bad. So in this writer's case, he said in conclusion, at the time of the trade, Nashville got the better end of the deal. Years later, it looks like a heist. But take a look at what happened to the Capitals after the trade. They transformed from a 500 team to Southeast Division champions, and with the exception of the 13-14 season, they have been absolutely dominant ever since. Something about Iraq. Erat sparked the team to go on to a late season run rather than settle for a mediocre campaign. Nashville indeed won the trade, but both teams got what they wanted. Wins for the Capitals and a top prospect for the Predators. Plus, flags fly over with while Nashville made a Stanley Cup appearance. The Capitals ended up winning the Stanley Cup after all without Erat or Forsberg. Um kind of a questionable take on that uh, that bit of history in Washington Capitals past. I don't ultimately think that, you know, Martin Erat was the catapult, the catalyst that uh, kind of catapulted the Washington Capitals over the top. Uh, that was the right, that particular writer's thoughts on it. But if you take a look back on that trade, like I said, and I rolled over the stats in the first segment, there is just a monumental blunder is the only way I can um, say it. I think that they just made a huge mistake. Um, and, you know, I think, like I say, that's something that's probably going to haunt uh, George McPhee for years and years and years on end. So just some questionable moves that they made there. And, uh, you know, you got to take a look at that. And, you know, that was towards the end of uh, George McPhee's uh, tenure in Washington. I don't remember the exact year that he was let go, but you got to think to a certain extent that Leonsis and Patrick, you know, they they probably looked at that deal and go, yep, that was pretty dumb because look at what what uh, Johansson or Philip Forsberg did, excuse me, um, with the Predators. So just some really kind of out there thinking on the part, part of George McPhee. And uh, Brian McClellan, who was his assistant at the time, was uh, the one that took over. And, and, you know, all things considered, I think that uh, Brian McClellan has done a pretty good job. Um, You know, I think that ultimately, you know, I've talked about in this postseason that I think that he should have gone after that one, number one netminder. Uh, And then throughout talking through many different people, they said, well, they did what they could do. There was no one available. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I don't want to argue with these people. But what I'm thinking is, of course, we don't know what he should do. But he's the general manager of the team. There's been times when you know, I'm a fan of football and baseball and all major sports, really, where I said, you know, all of a sudden they moved this, they pulled off this crazy move and they got this big name player because it's not always obvious to a layperson like myself or anyone else that I talked to. None of the people that I talked to about that were GM. So they had no idea what it could take. What I'm saying the Washington Capitals should have done is George McPhee should have offered up some group of players, and they should have picked up that big name netminder. Um, you know, and that's that's one of the things that I think Brian McClellan, one of the only negative things I guess I could really say uh, that I think that he has done thus far. But overall, I think that he's done some great things for the Washington Capitals. And uh, But as we look back on the Philip Forsberg move and what George McPhee did, 
I don't think that uh, Brian McClellan has done anything at nearly uh, as bad as that. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about the Philip Forsberg trade and just kind of reflect back on how awful it is all these years later. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting esports and scores. And BetOnline still remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So in this final segment, as we continue to talk about the trade that sent Philip Forsberg uh, to the Nashville Predators and just kind of looking back on it, it was one of the things that, you know, like I talked about in the first segment that, uh, you know, it, it kind of baffled me. I still couldn't, I still couldn't believe that they did that uh, all these years later. I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing and looking at my phone and just being kind of bewildered. Uh, at the the whole aspect of it, the Washington Capitals, you know, back then had a lot going from them. They're coming off a President's Trophy winning campaign and an appearance in the Eastern Conference Final. Plus, they boast the reigning Vesna, Rocket Richard, and Jack Adams winners, and Braden Holtby and Alex Ovechkin and Barry Trotz, respectively. It's a solid on ice product by all accounts. The Caps should be contenders in the East again. Um, however, one thing that will always hover over the franchise in the 13 trade in which the team gave up a burgeoning Swedish prospect and got virtually nothing in return, the Capitals traded Philip Forsberg, the 11th overall pick from 2012 to the Nashville Predators for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. I'm just reading another article from that period to kind of give you a flavor of what uh, beat writers were talking about. This was from Sportsnet. Now, it might seem like they're beating a dead horse by bringing up this trade, one of the most lopsided in NHL history, but we're not. In fact, we're laying it to rest. Both Forsberg and Lotta made news this week. The Predators inked Forsberg to a six-year extension worth $36 million. Philip is among the most skilled, dynamic talents we've ever had in the organization and is in an integral part of the success for the next six years and beyond. Predators general manager David Poyle said, while we have already seen his creativity, hockey sense, and puck skills, he has yet to reach the peak of his abilities. We have full confidence that he will continue to blossom into one of the top players. And uh, just kind of an interesting take. Like I say, I was looking at some different articles and, you know, like I had my recollections on what I remember. This was an article from uh, 2016. So just kind of going back on it, the Capitals, meanwhile, decided to cut ties with Lotta by not giving the pending restricted free agent a qualifying offer. What's significant about the Lotta move is now it means the Capitals have nothing, literally not one asset remaining or stemming from that trade. Here is a timeline of the tragic, if you're a Caps fan, transaction. On April 3rd, 2013, Capitals traded Forsberg to the Predators for Erat and Lotta. On March 4th, 2014, Capitals traded Erat and John Mitchell to the Coyotes for an AHL forward Chris Brown, veteran defenseman. Rostolov, Klesla, and a 2015 fourth-round pick. Erat ended up scoring just two goals in 62 regular season games in a season and a half with Washington. He also went pointless in four playoff games. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to rub salt in a wound here, but just... <laughs> 
uh, it, it still baffles me that the whole thing happened. You know, they got Martin Erat, and you know, like I say, I, I'd heard the name around the league a little bit, I guess. And, you know, I was hoping for the best, but, and I remember watching the first game with him and I'm thinking, well, that was stupid, you know, and uh, looking at it and he didn't, he never really produced for the Washington Capitals. He was injured and look what Philip Forsberg went on to do such great things. Um, let's see here, uh, on February 28th, 2015, the first fourth pick acquired in the Brown Kessler deal was packaged with Jack Hillen to acquire defenseman, Tim Gleason. That's a name I haven't heard for some time. The longtime Carolina hurricane played 17 regular season and 14 playoff games with the caps that season. He hasn't played in the NHL since Brown was traded to the New York Rangers for forward Ryan Bork, who has never played for the Capitals and is currently a pending UFA. The Capitals chose not to extend a qualifying offer to Lada. The 25-year-old center played 113 games in three seasons with the Capitals, registering 17 points and 130 penalty minutes. So that's what I'm talking about is that, you know, there's the intangibles when you look at someone like Michael Lada. Because if you pull up his, his stat sheet right now, you're going to look at it and go, Dan, that's not that impressive, but it was the penalty minutes. It was drawing penalties. It was getting in fights. It was being that chirper. He was pretty Hathaway, you got to remember. And, uh, you know, just it was a good friend to Tom Wilson. So, you know, I think that that if you're going to take one um, solid glimmering thing from that whole thing is Michael Lotta. Because, you know, Martin Erat was nothing for the Washington Capitals. Absolutely nothing. And uh, as we look back on it all these years later, you know, I was thinking about that the other day and I was talking with someone and I'm like, well, what's, you know, one of the worst trades that Capitals ever made and they had their ideas in mind. The first one that came to mind right away was the ERAT for Forsberg deal. And uh, I, I still have to laugh about it today when I look at it. And you have to laugh, otherwise you're going to be kind of upset about the whole thing. And uh, But that's what I'm talking about. If there's one thing that the Washington Capitals should do, um, or if it is possible to try to bring Philip Forsberg back to the district, I think that that would be just a nice ending to that horrible, horrible story. Um, I don't know if it's attainable, but uh, this is the off season and it is okay to dream, isn't it? All right. I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I'm recording this, it's on a Monday night, and the Tampa Bay Lightning took down the Colorado Avalanche. So the series is now 2-1. to one. And, uh, you know, that's what I was talking about in the previous podcast. Do you think that the whole time the Lightning were just kind of toying with the Avalanche, almost like a cat playing with a mouse? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Do you think that the Tampa Bay Lightning have what it takes to overcome the Avalanche, a team that has played lights out all season, and win another cup? Hit me up on Twitter, at DanCaps218, uh, or at LockedOnCaps, and let me know, do you think the Lightning have what it takes to take down the avalanche. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you again next time.